Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are talking about 2011's Something Borrowed. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Something fucking borrowed. Now for some reason... <clears throat> People have tweeted at me and um, our podcast account many, many times to request that we do something this borrowed. movie. And we so thought we are doing this movie. We figured this would be like our Valentine's Day present to anyone who's listening. Now, something borrowed is based on a 2005 novel written by Emily Giffen. Um, that is 352 pages. Wow, that's a solid length. Wow. For how much I hated this movie. Something Borrowed was an international bestseller and was on the New York Times bestseller list. <coughs> it was developed into a film by Hilary Swank's production company. All right. Oh, man, I haven't heard or thought of... Hillary Swank and her name for quite some time. Well, she was in she was in Logan Lucky last year and she was she was good. She pops up at the very end and she's not in any of the advertising. So it was a genuine surprise. She's to see a her solid show up. actress. That makes me happy to know. She's wonderful. And I, I really want to see like more of her in the coming because I know she like was Amelia Earhart and that didn't go too well. And, you know, some other things that she's been doing haven't gone too well, but and I've never seen Million Dollar Baby, but I'm sure she was great. Um. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that, and she was great. Um, but yeah, so this movie, uh, I guess it makes sense that it was turned into a movie because it was a New York Times bestseller. It was uh, directed by a man by the name of Luke Greenfield. And what is Luke Greenfield most known for? Um, it appears... <laughs> That he directed the um, the Rob Schneider comedy, The Animal, which I assume means that he thinks that he's an animal. I've never seen it. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but honestly don't want to. Yeah, I don't need Rob Schneider's anything. Like, I'm considering watching The Hot Chick for this podcast, and really, that's going to be Have you it. seen The Hot Chick? No, I've never seen it. Oh, I have. It's certainly bad enough for this podcast. Um, Not that you needed any confirmation, <laughs> but... Uh, he has made a movie that I really, really like. It's called The Girl Next Door. Um, it's a movie that I don't like as much anymore because it's starring a guy who uh, like physically assaulted a female producer a few years ago, like very in very recent history. Oh no. But uh The Girl Next Door used to be one of my favorite romances. It had Emile Hirsch, woman hitter, and Alicia Cuthbert and Timothy Oliphant and a very early and very adorable Paul Dano um, who plays a character <laughs> named named Klitz. Klitz. Yeah, I never thought that I would like a character Somehow named Klitz. Somehow that is imaginable. And it's weird, like... I like it's weird because like I really like this movie, but we could also still do it for this podcast, especially as an opportunity to talk shit about Emile Hirsch. But anyway, yeah, we could do it as like a me too kind <laughs> of loop in, you know, like addressing yeah. like, you know, bad films and then also or or films that are on the line of good and bad. And then also the 
the whole I mean Alicia sexual Cuth- harassment issue in Hollywood and how that paints it. Yeah, and I mean Alicia Cuthbert carries the girl next door. I've always wanted the best for Alicia Cuthbert. I love her. Um and uh so this guy is also responsible for <laughs> Let's Be Cops, that really, really ill-timed 2014 movie about two guys who just pretend to be cops and recklessly... (laughs) It's like right after Black Lives Matter formed. Yes. It's like, let's do it. Oh, you know, it's fun and we love just like cops, like dudes that just kind of want to be cops. They're just and they're just like assaulting people and like grabbing guns and like Yeah, the joke is that they'd like punch someone in the face and it's like this is too real. They're just they but they're just they just wanted to be cops. Um (laughs) like man, and that could have been an opportunity for a commentary, you know, like a satirical commentary if it was done right. Yeah. Although that would be difficult. There's a lot to tread there. Yeah. Um, um, so this is the guy, this is the guy's pedigree that we're working with. Like, kind of qualified, kind of not. Like, in the terms of, like, the stuff that he's made, like, as much as I love, like, The Girl Next Door and I think Let's Be Cops could have been good in an alternate universe, this guy is a little bit too juvenile of a creative force behind a film like this, in my opinion. And we have a screenwriter who is actually a woman. Her name is Jenny Snyder Ehrman. And I do not know what she is responsible for because I have to move to IMDb. Why do you always have to do this? I want Wikipedia. I know Wikipedia doesn't give us all the information that we need often. And then I'm just, yeah, and then I just have to switch. So I'm just like switching between apps and i'm just like can i just do this man can i live i just want to know please? okay if she has some good work out there or if this is kind of her meal oh um, my god see this oh my god why didn't wikipedia tell me this jenny snyder urban is the creator of jane the virgin <laughs> whoa so she's she makes good stuff what yeah okay so you know we all have to put out some work that's not you know, part of the creative process is you just kind of throw ideas out and some of them stick. Yeah. I mean, she, man, she's like got it like a pedigree. She's worked on Hope and Faith, Gilmore Girls, Men in Trees, Lipstick Jungle, 90210. Oh, dang. She's got a stacked resume. She is. Yeah. That's stacked. Like, uh, man, why doesn't Wikipedia have a page for her? This is bullshit. Yeah. Um, it almost <laughs> feels like cruel that it just it, it, it says her it, name, but it doesn't say it doesn't qualify. It's not like, don't worry. She did and let me just stuff. And let me just get on my soapbox for a second. I find that it it is way easier to find Wikipedia pages for men who have barely done anything than it is for women who have done a ton of things. And I don't think that that's an accident and it's fucking irritating. Yeah. It feels like it's burying. <laughs> Are most credit. of the people that edit Wikipedia pages men, I guess like I want to do a poll. Yeah. That's actually an interesting question. Um, but yeah. Uh, so something borrowed, uh, you know, I was wonder- I was wondering for years why people hated this movie so much. I just assumed, oh, Kate Hudson was in a thing and Jennifer Goodwin was in a thing. Let me we're gonna ha- we're gonna be talking about Kate Hudson a lot throughout the um throughout the lifespan of this show. Yeah, I mean we've already talked about her two or three times. Because aside from um Almost Famous and the Skeleton Key, she has mostly just done rom coms. And yeah. an arguably almost famous is kind of a rom com. Yeah, and <laughs> if you really I mean, think about it. Uh, obviously like anyone who's seen Almost Famous 
she's a great actress. And that's, she is. And I was talking with my roommates about this last night, um, just how in some ways it feels like she's been wasted on these movies. Yeah. And I mean, she, but she's good enough that you believe her characters. Even if I hate the movie, I still believe her character. Like she knows how to flesh out. I mean, this is the daughter a, a of Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Like, like this she, is. Yeah. She, I mean, she knows what she's doing and she's not bad in things. She's just always given really bad material. And she's always been like, she's always characterized as this like, blonde um kind of alpha yeah female like like, uh, her whole thing is like she always gets what she wants and it's like like she's the hot one and she's the like the kind of aggressive like you know she's gonna call the shots she's bossy and here we are again with another movie where it's like she's the blonde bossy one and then there's a brunette one who like is apparently like the film sees as do like that oh like like it's like she owes every brunette something because she gets too much as a blonde because blonde supremacy like right like she like and you she know, always they, has these like beta brunette friends who so, are just like and it almost <laughs> like it's like if they wanted to actually get into shit they could like actually have like race or like other factors you know yeah like, like what if she always had a black friend yeah like Ooh. then it, but like it no it couldn't actually be addressing real shit it's just two white women who are like thin and like attractive in these specific ways but like have different hair colors so it's like okay you're not actually talking about anything <laughs> like yeah it's just so yeah. yeah it's 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 very very strange the way that like she's the way that she's always like because it's just always like somebody's trying to like Brittany Murphy was kind of like doing this thing too and like a few other people where it was just like everything just comes easy to her because she's just she's so, so hot uh, and like like that's basically like the conceit of uptown girls as much as i love uptown girls it's just like she gets everything that she wants and she's never had to grow up and now she has to grow up now like it's so mean <laughs> i know and when you find out how many of these films are directed by men it makes sense yeah it really does because <laughs> it does feel like there's a sexual tension they have towards Kate Hudson or whatever blonde woman and then they have this weird like boner for whatever brunette where they're like she's actually the good girl she's a, it's like, like brunettes like like they're they're the ones that will time. fuck me and I'm just like oh my god I hate all of this can we all chill okay and um, so we also have Jennifer Goodwin who's one of my favorite actresses she was great on Big Love that show that that thankfully you know premiered in a time <laughs> Because, like, I couldn't imagine Big Love premiering now. Oh, yeah, this great show about this, like, guy who runs a, this, <laughs> runs, like, a string of hardware stores and wants to be a Republican politician who has three wives. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would not be a good, that would not be good. <laughs> like, like, 2006 to 2011, that was, that was the sweet spot because it was just, like. It was, like, Obama time. Like, yeah. we're fine. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was like post-racial, the, don't worry. It was like the end of Bush and then Obama. And it was just, yeah, it was it was in that time. She was really good. She played like one of the late like one of like the newest wives. She was a babysitter who he just like married. They just Which, you know, seems on brain for a man who wants to be a Republican. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> uh, and uh, she was also uh, she was Snow White on Once Upon a Time for for like a while, which was like great casting. And you know she played um, Judy Hopps in Zootopia. So I mean, this is this is a chick who's been around like a while. She's been in Mona Lisa's Smile, which we might do on this podcast sometime. Oh wow, yeah, because <laughs> Mona Lisa's Smile pisses me off. Um, yeah, I remember she- like just having a shrug emoji in my head the whole time I watched it. Um, yeah. Although I don't even think those existed yet. And it was supposed um, to like clearly, it was like trying to be like feminist. It was trying to be deep. But it was just was like really it mean. So... It ended up being really mean too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, how dare you want to be a homemaker? That's the worst possible thing that you could want to be. Like, it's just like, is it? Yeah. And just <laughs> like, it, like, I hate movies that try really hard to be deep but also don't have nuance <laughs> and like yeah. pick a team um, yeah um and so like this is an actress that i this is an actress that i really like um i i really like jennifer goodwin uh she's also in he's just not that into you which which we will get to oh yes, don't definitely. worry we will get to it yeah jennifer goodwin and kate hudson the lead ladies in this are both women that will reoccur i mean we've already mentioned kate hudson in bride wars um wasn't she in another one um, uh, Kate Hudson, uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh yes. Yeah. So we've already talked about her twice and this will be our third time. And I have a feeling there will be more and Jennifer Goodman, Goodman will definitely, Goodwin will definitely reappear. And I'm pretty sure John Krasinski is going to reappear too. Who's the, who's the other dude in this because, uh, he's in, um, God, what is he? Fuck, he's in the holiday. Weird. Who was John well, Krasinski well, in the there's holiday? Just like this weird period of time where he was thrown in all those rom coms, but he's basically still Jim. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like he yeah. doesn't really get to be a lead, but he's like the kind of snarky, like cool, sarcastic friend who's obviously in love with one of the women. Like, oh my god! But he, it doesn't work outside of the office. I hate him doing that outside of the office. Oh yeah, he's in. He's um, in. He's in License to Wed, which we're gonna do pretty soon as well. He's in. It's complicated. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, oh my god, he's in Aloha. <laughs> yeah, no, John, because I, I like, except for the man. I don't know the man who plays Dex. I, I do. I'm about. I'll get to him in a second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Colin Egglesfield. Colin Egglesfield is uh, most known for being in the CW's short-lived revival of Melrose Place. He was. He in Melrose Place. This all adds up. The new Melrose Place and the new Melrose Place had a that you find out by the end of the season, which I did watch the entire season of the new Melrose Place. Thank you. Um, Ashley Simpson was the killer. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They brought back Melrose Place and they had a murderer played by Ashley Simpson and I <laughs> that makes me on board. <laughs> and he was also known for um the Lifetime show, the um the Lifetime show with um Jennifer Love Hewitt called The Client List. Okay, so he's he's been around. This is He's basically for the ladies. He his entire career is for the ladies. And it totally makes sense cuz he does look like a Ken doll. He does. Like a like a Wall Street Ken doll. He does. Oh, he's been on All My Children as well. Yeah, this is that dude. This is that uh, you know, uh middle of the day glass of wine ogling at him kind of dude. Yes. Yes, like just hot <laughs> enough that 
he knew he'd get cast. <laughs> and we've got this cast, man. This cast is like a this, this is like a recurring play. This is like a this is like an all stars, like a rom com all stars. Because also we have Steve Howie who played Kate Hudson's <laughs> Kate Hudson's husband in Bride Wars. Yeah. Yep. He's here. He's the one that plays like Jennifer Goodwin's the guy Marcus who like constantly wants to fuck Jennifer Goodwin in this movie. That's him. Yeah. That's that's him like post Shameless. Like that's ha- that's how he is styled on Shameless. That is his, that was his. He went from totally clean shaven and bland looking to like vaguely douchey looking in like only a few years. All it took was some growing. Okay, so we should lay out the plot because we're just uh... no. I well I was having fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I just don't want our listeners to get lost. <laughs> okay, so this plot is essentially <laughs> um, uh, Jennifer Goodwin and um, uh, got Egg Eggs, Colin Egglesfield Eggs. Yes, AKA his name in the movie is Dex. Dex, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> their names in the movie. Rachel and Dex. Oh, went, like don't you hate it already? Oh yeah, just hate it. Rachel and Dex. Uh, went to law school together, and like apparently they were both in love with each other. But Jennifer Goodwin was too shy to say anything about it and then you know the blonde bombshells <laughs> <laughs> superhero man eater appears and yeah. steals in her, her man tr- in interception her like literally there's like this <laughs> scene where uh dex and rachel are sitting at a booth and then kate hudson what's her name in this movie um kate hudson's name in this movie is, is darcy darcy yeah which okay uh, but <laughs> darcy pops in and she she looks at Dex and she's like, oh yeah, okay, he's he's all right. And then and then uh, uh, Rachel's like, hey, this is Dex. And Darcy's like, uh, yeah, I know you've talked about him for nine months. And then she immediately orders six shots of tequila, <laughs> like like fully asserting herself as like the alpha friend, you know, who's like whatever. And and then she immediately when they get the shots, she's like, okay, let's play truth or dare. And she dares Dex who? to ask Rachel out. Which what thirty year old does who this? Who does this? I mean, I think they were supposed to be oh, in college at the time. Oh so yeah, maybe you're right. Twenty. You're right. So they're like you know early twenties or something. Uh, but. Still Still, but who does still, this? Yeah, and so of course Dex feels awkward, and Rachel's like, "Oh no, we're just friends." Because what the hell is she supposed to say? And then, and then Darcy's just like, "Well, ask me out then." And then they start flirting, and that's supposed to be the beginning of their relationship. Like later, yeah. like like fuck, fuck that. Yeah. It, it's like, this whole movie is such bullshit because essentially the plot is is that a few years ago Kate Hudson stole Jennifer Goodwin's man, Kendall man, Dex, Colin, Eggs, whatever. I'll probably call him all of those things throughout this podcast. And um then uh Kate Hudson is getting getting married to dude and now Jennifer Goodwin's upset about it. Like now she's upset about it after all this time. Never did anything. This is apparently the time to be upset about it. And meanwhile, we have John Krasinski over here playing um, Jennifer Goodwin's best friend, which is like he's kind of taking the role of usually the sassy gay friend. So progressive that he's not that. He's just a he's just like a really mean straight guy who's yeah, who, he's <laughs> really so, mean. He's so bitter. <laughs> like he's totally an asshole. Like, like it's like Jim. If Jim. 
It's like the worst parts of Jim. That's yeah. How I oh feel. yeah, because because Jim like, could definitely be an asshole. Yeah. Sometimes Jim was like a bit of an asshole, but whenever he would get asshole, like I think I felt like he would get raked back and he would be sweet again, or he'd do something nice for Dwight. Um, but in this movie, he's just full on angry and entitled and it's so annoying. It's yeah. Cause it's just like, it's so clear that like, and through the whole movie, like Jennifer Goodwin, I think she thinks that he wants to fuck Kate Hudson, which is fair because so much of his anger is poured into Kate Hudson. And then somewhere in the film, it turns and all of a sudden he's just really angry at Jennifer Goodwin. And all I could think because of, I don't know the way that we've been socialized in society is that he wants to fuck both of them because what? What is he so mad about? No, he's so mad. Yeah. And also this movie is just full of people who are angry about things they never actually pursued. Like they're angry that people didn't magically read their minds. And like, hey man, we've all been there. Like, or most of us have had a crush we didn't, you know, pursue. But yeah. like by the time you're 30, if you had a crush on someone in college, you should let it go. Yeah, like um, just it, it's yeah, it's so much like these people need to get their shit together. It's so because, bad. Because like the film starts with um Jennifer Goodwin uh going into she's it's like her surprise birthday party and and like so Dar so Kate Hudson's doing the surprise birthday party, but she very much just like kind of makes it about herself and it's so weird. And like everybody's like being bitchy about it, like in the background when someone like we're all adults, like you could tap her and just be like, hey, stop talking about yourself. Yeah. Like, like just be like, hey, girl, like it's like read the room. Like this is your friend's birthday. Basically, she does just, a slideshow. She does a slide. Like it's not that serious. Like it's a birthday. Also, this is huge. And the thing is, is that if the birthday party is this huge, that means that they have a lot of friends. So like. Like what? Why? Why isn't there one friend who's honest? Like we all have a few friends who aren't like comfortable, close enough with us, or just like candid enough that they'll be honest and be like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, it's just yeah. There's something like it, they're all of their friends confused me because they act like people who do not have friends and therefore do not know how to like like treat each other well or to talk to each other like human beings like where are all those other people in the rest of the movie i, I needed yeah, them i know because everybody's like it feels like everyone is in high school based on their maturity and their ability to navigate friendships like i feel like when you're a teenager you're still figuring out how to relate to people and like being able to call people out or be called out is not really a skill a lot of people that age have but by the time you're 30, you should be able to do that with your friends. Yeah, and just the way <laughs> they talk to each other. Like, one of the first things that Jennifer Goodwin says to John Krasinski is, Jen John Krasinski um, had slept with a woman. Um, her character's name is, I think, Claire. Um, and, which is... <laughs> I'll get to why that's funny maybe later. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> she says she's... He slept with her and like he doesn't he's not interested in a relationship and Claire really wants a relationship. But Jennifer Goodwin's like, this is what happens when you sleep with people you don't love. Yeah. Which Calm down, everyone. Again, like, <laughs> is this a Christian movie? Like, what is going on? Like, like you're supposed what? Also, you don't. Uh, I don't know. We don't even need to get into like, how do you do know if you're in love and all these things? And like, yeah. Anyways. And it's just, just like. Uh, yeah, and they're, 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 her, they're, her relationship with John Krasinski is so weird, too, because, like, he's just, like, she's just like, why won't you marry me? And he's just like, I like you too much. Or I think that that's how the exchange goes. I don't know who says what. Isn't that how it went? 
Oh, yeah, I think she made a joke about that, right? Yeah, and I'm like, just like... Like, she's not into him, but she's also kind of, like, calling him out for being around all the time. Because he, he is. Like, he's around even he's, when he's not wanted. Yeah, because he's definitely uh, lurking. So it definitely does feel like he likes her. But then she's just like, so you like me? And he's like, no. And, and yeah, and his reason feels like that stock reason that so many of these male characters in these movies have where they're basically, like... I can't respect a woman and like be with them like romantically. Oh like they're basically like, I respect you too much as a person to like have sex with you and care about you. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's, that's fun. That's you know, and once again, um, <laughs> once again, like just, oh uh, man, I have so much dumb shit that people said. Like, like for example, like uh, John Krasinski is getting on Jennifer Goodwin for like harboring, you know, a crush. And like, she's essentially just like, Hot people should be with hot people. And I almost like flipped over this coffee table. There is no one in this movie that isn't hot. Yeah, everybody's doing? hot. Yeah, basically Jennifer Goodwin's talking about how like, you know, she's had a crush on Dex, but Dex is like this Kendall. So he should be with Kate Hudson. And it's like, no, like you're gorgeous. Like, ah, <laughs> everyone is hot. Everyone. Like everybody in this movie is hot. And like. And in very similar, I mean, they like look even different, the weird... but in very, like, in very much, like, the same party ways. Yeah. You know, like, it's not even, so it really doesn't make sense. So, like, essentially, uh, so the party ends, and she um, goes, she goes to, like, hang out with De Dex and then go have a drink. And I was just like, okay, this is perfectly, no no, this movie horrified me. So, here we are. <laughs> uh, so, here we go to where it really gets scary. Yeah. They're just, like, having a drink. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> all right, this is fine. And then they, she mentions having a crush on him in law school. And I, my eyes popped out of my head. Why are we having this conversation? Like, he why, is, why are you bringing is, this up? He's he, literally engaged, he engaged to your best friend. To your best friend. Like, you need and to bury oh this crush because you didn't do anything then. <laughs> and you're setting yourself up for the, like, you're either going to feel stupid because he's going to be like, what the hell are you doing? This is inappropriate. I don't feel that way. Or you're going to have what did happen where he's like, oh, why didn't you tell me? This Like, is, I've held a boner for you for seven years. This is my worst nightmare. So I was so, the I was whole time, beside like, myself. Maria and Lauren and I were watching and then, and, the, and we were like, they're not best friends. Like, no, if, if somebody's your best friend, you would never pull the shit. This is so bad. Because it's shit. just like, she, so, so she tells so she tells him that, and he gets this look on his face that he is just, like, so upset and heartbroken that he did not know this. It's like, and, fuck you, Dex. Oh, my. Like, and then you should have asked her out instead of, instead of fucking Darcy. And then they get into the cab, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> okay, this might be okay. Right. And then they start making out, and I got so angry <laughs> and this happens like the first i mean i guess i don't even know if this would be to the credit of the film like they at least cut to this like climax or this drama really quick like this happens in the first 30 minutes of the film so you know immediately you're like oh this film's gonna be full of a lot of drama because this shit's already happening oh my god i um, just i just like in 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 this that two hour movie in that exact moment i realized why people hate this movie so much because if anyone ever did this to me i would murder them oh yeah and this <laughs> and the the 
can see also this movie, and I mean, this is similar to what we said with Bride Wars. It doesn't actually set up um, Darcy and Rachel's friendship. Like, you don't really see it in in a real, genuine... You don't get a taste for why they're friends. No. All you get is immediately Darcy creating this manipulative slideshow about their best friendship that ends up being about her uh, at a surprise party she throws. And then you get this history that Darcy, quote-unquote, stole Dex from uh, Rachel, even though Rachel never made a move. But we don't know. Like, I don't believe that they actually care about each other. No, they don't, because there's like, a scene... You know the scene where they're like... Um, uh, Darcy is trying on her wedding dresses and Rachel is thinking about all of the fun times that she spent with Dex in law school. And I'm just like, she is trying on her wedding dress, it's you so, demon. And it's weird because this movie really does set it up so that you're supposed to hate Kate Hudson, I feel like. I yep. feel like the movie tries to make it like, oh, you're vo- you're rooting for Rachel because she's like the underdog and she has brown hair. And I'm like, no, she's a two-faced bitch. No, yeah, like, this Kate is Kate Hudson's bitch. like definitely annoying and self-centered, but at least she is what she is. Like, yeah, no, Kate Hudson is what she is and the thing is is that if you if you know who your friend is you can keep your friend under control if she had said no Kate this is mine this one is mine she would have gone and fucked off and probably made out with some guy like two feet away yeah and I think Kate was like I think she was very much like oh you guys aren't gonna make a move okay well he's cute you know which like yeah that's still yeah, and I, I mean, think that's I, great girl code. Like, I would be mad at a friend right. if they knew I had a crush and I was too shy. But it's not. She's not a monster. She's like, not a monster. She is just. She is just herself, which is a person that she that like she should know who she is. Yeah. At this point, and at this point, also, like they've been friends long enough that if Rachel really had all these issues with Darcy, she could have easily like their friendship could have easily faded out. They didn't even need a friend breakup. Like. When you're friends with someone that long, it's pretty easy to just, like, not hang out as much because life's hard. It's hard to hang out anyways. So yeah. I don't understand why they're actively keeping this up, you know. Yeah. So so that just makes all of the movie harder to Yeah, and that's also just, like, I, like, I, like, when I read, like, a little bit about this book, like, it's about being 30 and, you know, realizing that all of your friends are getting married. And it's specifically about, like, a very, like, white, upper-middle-class kind of like what am I gonna do if I don't get that ring? Like yeah, very like, very, like bride wars esque and kind of like there's this capitalist like very like secure my bag and it's just like <laughs> secure my husband. Secu- yes, and it's just like yeah, but like this is a this is such a weird way to address that. Yeah, like it's just like it, like because it's just like oh yeah, it gets really cutthroat when. Everybody's turning 30. You're like, you know, unveiling, you're like uncovering like seven year crushes and like, you know, you better secure your man or it's just like, it's and not it, and it's cutthroat. And it, it is really misogynistic because it also perpetuates this idea that 30 year old women are desperate and have no options, but 30 year old men aren't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even and it says in the movie, um, you know, you're 30, somebody says you're 30, you can't afford to be picky. Oh. Uh. And as somebody who's, like, a few years away from being 30, and I have a lot of friends who are, like, in their 30s, even 40, like, it's hard for both, it's hard for all genders to date at any age, but it's hard for all genders to date, and it's, like, I don't know, I think perpetuating this idea that it's harder for, like, you know, straight women in their 30s is 
harmful because it is a self-perpetuating myth. Yeah. Um, because then the women devalue themselves. And it ignores, like, the idea... Sorry, this is, like, a point. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go for it. it. Like, it ignores the, the reality now that, like, a lot of women in their 30s can date younger men, just like a lot of men in their 30s do. And I feel like in the past that was one of the things that it was like, oh, well, women in their 30s, nobody, you know, like, they're getting older. But I'm like, no, younger guys like like women older than them. So, like, they're not running out of people any more than men are. Um, yeah, there's patriarchy. There's definitely double standards. It is easier to get older as a, a guy, and they don't have a biological clock. But, I don't know, I just get really annoyed at yeah. these movies that are still like, oh, she's 30, she's a spinster. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? It's just like, so. yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not close to my 30s yet. Uh, I mean, I mean, close in the sense that time marches on for all of us. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be 26 this year. I'm also not straight. So, I mean, I mean, I, I hope sometimes that it it provides like a different perspective for some people listening to this podcast. I would hope um, also the fact that I am, you know, not white. Uh, so I it, it, it it's really it, it was really interesting, like growing up watching some of these movies and like thinking that like man white women are so stressed out about this like it's so <laughs> i know i was so and like this movie like it takes like all of that stress like it's one thing for like we have a, like a sex in the city like when am i going to find him like i at least i can empathize with that yeah because that feels like it's more about partnership than just marriage but this is this is basically saying that like all's fair in love and war and it's not it's not and this is a woman who this is a woman who sleeps with her best friend's fiance this is a rom-com she's also a lawyer and Sorry to cut in. This is a rom-com inside a dark drama. <laughs> yeah, like this is like a Shakespearean plot. <laughs> it's uh it's also interesting and I'm I'm not going to make the the uh, reductive connection that a woman who has a solid career can't want marriage on this level, but there is th- it is strange that she went like she went to school, she went to law school. And and has this great accomplishment and like career, but that's never mentioned. It just that just seemed weird to me as an aside. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like very she seems to have all this time to think about these dudes and anyone I know who's been in law school or working in law, like, is really busy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and everybody, like, we spend most of this film in the Hamptons. Everybody, every weekend, yeah. these people are going to the Hamptons and they go for the first night. And, like, Kate Hudson's like, we're going to the Hamptons every weekend until my wedding. Woo! And I'm just like, whoo, I don't understand. I'm like, I am exhausted. <laughs> like, like, I feel like even people who have that money don't want to do that. Like, why would you want to go every weekend? It's the Hamptons. I don't know. I've yeah, never been. and it's just, like, everybody. And it's, like, this, like, wacky thing where it's, like, we're all rich and we all have all this free time, including... um. This Marcus character who is just like he is just trying to get his dick wet. I almost I almost liked him just because he's so transparent. He's just like, you know what? <laughs> You're hot. I wanna fuck you. You know what? You're also hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, okay, this is this is a person who's <laughs> whose wants and needs I can track. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and like <laughs> 
he's just like going on these weird rants through the whole thing where he's just like i i wrote down when he said next time you want to call someone a shark remember the chipmunk i do not remember the story that led to this oh basically he tells this story that it's obviously framed in the movie that he's trying to seem deep to women um he found a chipmunk with a broken leg and he made it a splint so that it could heal because chipmunks use, you know, crutches and stuff like us. Um, uh, It's completely, you know, out of nowhere, but it's, I guess it's supposed to be like a funny moment. Um, I thought, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, Uh, I I really like him. So I thought his character was really funny. In fact, in some ways, his character was the one I liked the most, which shows how bad this movie is, because he's supposed to be... You're never supposed to like him. He's supposed to just kind of be a douchebag. Yeah, I felt the same way. And it's just like, oh, my God. I was watching this. And I was like, man, you know, William H. Macy wasn't in it. I would totally watch Shameless again. You have been toiling away on this show for several years. I hope you're all right, dude. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. I just want him to be released. I want him to be and, free. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it's such a weird thing because there's a, there's a scene... So, mo- so like I said, most of this movie happens in the Hamptons. There's a scene where, um, where like Marcus wants to fuck Jennifer Goodwin, and Kate Hudson wants to fuck her man Dex, and Dex is just Dex doesn't want to go to bed because he doesn't want someone else to fuck Jennifer Goodwin, and I'm just sitting there, just like, like, f- yeah, and in the movie. She's doing, by the way, she's cocking her head and doing like a side eye since you guys can't see. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, like, like, it's just like, again, this is a moment in the movie where you can tell by the way it's filmed. You're supposed to think, wow, Dex is such a gentleman. Like, he obviously really cares about Rachel. But it just feels possessive because you're still engaged. You're a coward. You didn't tell Darcy that you love her best friend like you just want to have your cake and eat it too yeah like you just want to know that you have two women in love with you and at a drop of a hat you could you know leave one or you know have the other like betray her best friend like fuck you dude fuck you i want to punch in the face yeah he was so terrible like like to the point where i was relieved for the next scene where it's just where it's just uh marcus and rachel watching wild things yeah (laughs) and it's funny because at this point like marcus is painted as this kind of party dude who's just trying to get laid you know, and is like a little misogynist. But like in this scene, he's just kind of like, I feel like he feels awkward too. He's just like, okay, we're here. <laughs> You're not into me. <laughs> yeah. And it- then they hear Darcy <laughs> and Dex have sex. Oh my God. Everyone can hear this woman moaning throughout this entire gigantic house. My Lord. Which, again, it's like, okay, like that is performative. Like you obviously like, like good sex like you do want to make noise but like if you know you're in a room like in a house with other people like she's obviously doing it because she wants people to hear yeah like there, there's the sex is like and it's, i just hate everyone in this movie it's a, yeah and because then because uh. then um claire who i was feeling bad about claire runs into what is john krasinski's character's name um ethan okay claire runs into like ethan and tries to fuck him and ethan's like nah i'm good and then she's just like no but like what's and he's just like you know what i'm gay yeah and then what and then and then claire just like decides like oh we could work through this together it's i just hate everything about it because like 
fuck John Krasinski, fuck Ethan for like exploiting sexuality because he's too much of a coward to turn someone down. And also fuck like the writing for for creating this cartoon female character that responds to it by being like, oh, yeah, I'll be your beard. Like, no, that's not I'm not saying there's no women who would do that. But like, that is not what would happen. And um, like, she, like she's not a believable like it just feels like a misogynistic sketch of a desperate woman to me. Yeah. And like this is an actress like this is once again like this cast, man, this is an actress that I like. She played one of Ted's girlfriends on How I Met Your Mother and she was almost the mother. Like they almost wrote her to be the mother and then at the last minute they were like, nah. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, so, sorry. So I was like, oh, Vic- she played a character named Victoria who was like a baker and I was like, oh, it's nice to see her. Oh, she's doing this. Yeah, like, okay. And like, I get it, girl. <laughs> Gotta get paid. Like, but dang. Yeah, no, I was not happy about seeing her in this movie and her whole role is so bad and then um so uh like at this point you know um jennifer goodwin and uh eggsy um have this conversation where she's just like i'm sorry what we did was a mistake we're not gonna do it again and we were both drunk and then dex like a bitch is like i wasn't that drunk (sighs) i wasn't that you and he does and he does that look at like the the intense eye contact that's like can you feel my energy and it's like fuck you dude it's um, just uh he's just awful like he's so manipulative and she's awful too don't get me wrong she's very much self-proclaimed victim like i'm 30 and i hate my best friend but i won't tell her and i'm gonna pretend to be her best friend and i'm gonna cheat on her i mean she like help her fiance cheat and then act like I never had any power agency to, like, express my feelings years ago. Like, nah. And uh, we get another, uh, God, Bride Wars had a dance-off, and this movie has a dance-off, too, to Miss New Booty, which is, I ma- it made me feel bad for Bubba Sparks that his song is in this movie. Yeah. I was just watching these white women competitively grind to Miss New Booty was I'm going to say something horrific. that's, like, really... Like, but neither of them even have a booty. Like, <laughs> that's not the point. Um. Anyways, I just. But yeah, but yeah. Why? Um, wh- why is this the way to immortalize Miss New Booty? Like, this is so strange. Also, I still feel like it was a little late for anyone to be dancing to Miss New Booty in 2011. Yeah. Because I remember dancing to it in high school. I was graduated by 2010. Why is this 2011 movie playing Miss New Booty? Is that just like the last rap song that they ever heard? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I wonder maybe if it's like royalty costs or like timing. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And like, uh, yeah. Um, and then John, and then here's where, like, I was liking, like, John Krasinski is a monster in this movie, but, like, at, at one point, I liked him, and then when he said, then when, um, basically, he talks to Jennifer Goodwin about all this, he's just like, well, Darcy would do the same thing if the roles were reversed, and I'm just sitting here just like. Yeah, she's doing the thing with her head cock again. Um, what? Yeah, because it's just, <laughs> it's, um. He's manipulative. Like, like everybody in this movie is really manipulative in ways that are undeniable. Like, not like, oops, I accidentally, but like, really. But John Krasinski is trying to break up their friendship. I don't know. It seems like he hates both of them. Yeah. Um. I mean, it feels like he hates himself, too. But Oh, yeah, he really hates himself. Like, he's just got, like, a lot of anger, and he's just putting it out, and he's like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, he's like, he gaslights 
and like condescends to uh, Rachel, but she's also a horrible character, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> and, but then he's like, yeah, like Darcy doesn't care. Like she's a jerk. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, you're a jerk. You're t- trying to tear apart best friends, given the fact I don't really believe their friendship is healthy at all. Um, yeah, it's just what? It's it was it was two hours of this. It was yeah, it was two hours. Like I'm looking through my notes. Like I understand like, why wanna- why there are enough of you guys that have seen this and were like, this is bad. You guys should talk about how bad this is, because it really is. It's messy. It's such a messy movie. Yeah, I just don't like I, some of these quotes that I'm like trying to. Do, should I read them? Should I not? Yeah. Should I even really care? Because like this is so. <laughs> Ah, okay, so basically you find out there's a big, um, there's a big, like, revelation scene where you find out that, um, Darcy was fucking Marcus this entire time. And uh, Bronwyn, what did what did you think of that? Reveal? Oh yeah, and she's pregnant with his baby. And she's pregnant with this baby, which also like she's not pregnant enough to technically find that out yet. But you know, whatever science. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I think she's assuming maybe this says something about her and Dex. Well, no, her and Dex are fucking. I got really caught up on that um, detail, but yeah, I I don't know. Like she basically she gives this reveal to Rachel when near the end of the movie and it's right after Dex has broken off his engagement and and basically rushed to Rachel to be like will you still have me I broke it off with Darcy and then Darcy comes to Rachel's apartment of course we have the scene where Dex hides in Rachel's apartment Darcy comes in Rachel's still pretending to be her best friend and like she's not actively fucking her ex-fiance and Darcy comes in and is like, yeah, he broke off the engagement, but it's actually okay because I've been sleeping with Marcus and I'm pregnant and I'm really happy and I like him. And like, and Rachel's just like, oh, okay. And then as Darcy's about to leave, she sees Dex's jacket and like freaks out, understandably. Dex is there. They have a confrontation. And basically this marks like the end of the friendship between Rachel and Darcy. Um and we're supposed to, I guess, this all happens at the end. We're supposed to, like, I don't know how we're supposed to feel in specifically about Darcy and Marcus, but I feel like we're supposed to both, like, it's supposed to make us judge Darcy enough that we don't feel bad that her engagement got broken up. Um, yeah, and I don't this know. whole thing, because, like, oh, man, I skipped through a lot of stuff to even get to that, because, like, so much of this stuff, like, one put into context it's just all bullshit like at some point i realized wow dex is a coward who would probably take anyone oh yeah dex i mean i i think dex is always going to be cheating and i think he's always going to play innocent like kind of use the myth of the bumbling man to get away with bullshit like oh what i don't know yeah and it's just like he's so bold like there's a point where he like tries to come over to see her and like jennifer goodwin like has to like distract and then somehow Jennifer Goodwin and Kate Hudson end up dancing to Salt and Pepper. Yeah. Fun times. And then like, but then there will be moments when like Kate Hudson will say things like, I just really love Dex. Like, like I make him lighter and he makes me heavier. And like, 
that would be a sweet notion in a different movie. Because, yeah. Because like that. But because everybody's lying and full of shit, it just feels everything feels flimsy. Yeah. And it's just like it's really bad, too, because like there are moments like there's a part. He he literally takes this woman on a date like like Dex takes Rachel on a date and they run into his parents. Yeah. His parents. There's a whole scene with that. And then basically you find out that he's, oh, wow, he's just a coward and just everything that his dad tells him to do. Okay. Like, big reveal. And, and like, <sighs> so there's, like, a scene um, that really, really annoyed me where, like, Jennifer Goodwin's finally just like, okay, let's do it. Let's be together. Let's do it. And she's, like, in the rain. And they had the nerve. To play fake plastic trees in this scene, Radiohead's fake plastic trees. I know, trees. I freaked Keep out. Radiohead out of these fucking movies, okay? I freaked out. This is the second time Radiohead <laughs> has appeared in one of the movies we've covered in the last few weeks. Um, I think, was it actually, I think it was actually in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it <laughs> was. was. A Radiohead it song, was. And that also made me angry um, because. Radiohead is a good band. Uh, you can feel how you feel about Tom York, but they are good musicians, and they do not deserve to be in this movie. They really Neither don't. Neither does Bubba Sparks. <laughs> and, and honestly, most of the actors don't really deserve to be in the movie either. It's just a uh, mess. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so bad. It also, and everything that John Krasinski says is bad. Like, there's a line where he says... <laughs> it feels like his he says dialogue <laughs> was written by, like, a 15-year-old dude who, like, just smoked a joint and is like, I'm really smart. Like, yeah, I, like... So like, heavy-handed. He's so weird, because, like, in one minute, he'll be like, oh, gonna drink rosé and watch Remains of the Day. And then, like, the next minute, he's just, like, yelling at Jennifer Goodwin just like no kill a Darcy treat you like this stop with this daddy hits me because he loves me crap and I'm just like wait what I'm like also what are you doing like you're <laughs> very like emotionally not abusive but you're just like very condescending and like and I get it like Rachel is frustrating and doesn't take responsibility for herself but like, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Like, you're just yelling at her. Go get a fucking hobby. Yeah, and like, oh my I god, like, oh my god. And the scene where he finally is just like, "Hey, I want to be with you." I'm just sitting there, just like, "Lol." Yeah, and of course, uh, spoiler, since we've you know, like, like Dex and Rachel do stay together, and we're supposed to all be happy about that. And Marcus and. Darcy stay together and have a baby apparently and she's happy and the friends guess what the female friendship breaks up and that's supposed to be part of this happy ending I don't know I hate it yeah and then yeah, we don't even know what John Krasinski's doing at the end like he's just alone he's just gone which is kind of awesome <laughs> yeah it's just yeah they just like there's a scene where they just like meet and she's just like I'm the happiest I've ever been and Jennifer Goodwin's like oh good she's like but then Kate Hudson's like, really, I am the happiest I've ever been. And it's just like, it means nothing because we didn't see her and Marcus develop our relationship. We didn't even get a scene of seeing them fuck. We don't know what their dynamic is. We don't know if they work. We don't know anything. And just the fact that like, it's very lazy storytelling. Like she, like she gets, she ends up. I guess she's gonna. She marries Marcus, I guess, and then Rachel marries Dex, and it's just like, 
<laughs> it's like I don't know what the moral of the story is. When you're 30, you should just like marry whoever you want to at that moment and like fr- fuck friendship. I don't know. Yeah, like have 30, fun during the divorce movie matter. in eight years. Like I want to follow up to this where they're both divorced and they have to mend their friendship because they're such toxic people. No one else wants to be friends with them. <laughs> see, I would love to watch that like, movie. <laughs> and like, that, see that see that's a movie that'd be nominated for an Oscar. You know, a nice like chamber drama where they just like can't stand each other. Yeah. Figure it out. They're both like coming up on forty, and and their marriage has like a daughter or a son. Definitely, Kate Hudson's got a son. (laughs) I feel like probably I would imagine Rachel would have a miscarriage because I feel like that would fit into her like being a victim thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No shade. Like miscarriages are a real tragedy, but like I'm just. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, so she's like also jealous that, you know, Darcy has a child. Um, I just, yeah. It's, man. Should we write this? We should. Should we write this and then we, we sh- can just like. We should. I mean, uh, they, they would do our movie, right? I mean, what else are they doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Our, I'm sure our budget of nothing would, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so. We could um, fundraise. This is around the time that I give my recommendation. And um, as with my recommendation last week to see Away We Go, which you can have John Krasinski not being terrible. He also has a beard in it, which it looks very good on him. Um, I would also add that if you want to watch a movie where people ruin their li- ruin each other's lives on purpose and it is treated like a bad thing, watch Mike Nichols Closer. <laughs> Watch closer. You got your Natalie Portman. You got Jude Law. You got um, like Artie Hotcast. Uh, yeah, you got you got um, you got Julia Roberts and you got Clive Owen. And you just watch these people fuck up each other's lives like for like an hour and a half, and it's fucking great. And you know what? All the music slaps. It all makes sense. It works for the plot. I can't listen to Damien Rice's The Blower's Daughter without fucking weeping. If you want to watch like people ruin each other's lives, don't do it in like this like weird secret way where like we're supposed to be rooting for this. No, just watch closer where they just fuck it up. Like they get into they legitimately the shit. fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's my that's my recommendation. Also, like if you ever wanted to see Natalie Portman play a stripper, that's it. That's the movie for you because it is great. <laughs> I want to see that. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh no. man, it's my shit. I love Closer. Closer. Uh, yeah, Closer is always like my recommendation for people. I want like some brandy while I watch it. Oh yeah, no, it's oh my god. Like a, I want a liquor. <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, um, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope that you are, you know, loving on yourself. If you have a person to love on that's romantic, great, or a friend, or a family member, or l- just yourself. Or, or a pet. Or a pet, or you're watching your favorite movies, or reading your favorite book, or going on a walk. I just hope you're treating yourself well, because... Um, you, you know, know we should important. all be doing that all the time, but yeah. sometimes we need a corny holiday to remind us. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, this is a very, like, equalizing holiday, because, like, we both have boyfriends, and, like, I feel, I feel, like, like, the opposite urge. Like, I felt that I would have the urge to, like, be like, oh, my God, me and my boyfriend are both the best Valentine's Day ever, but, like, I honestly just, like, don't want to talk about it. It's not that important. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's funny. Like, my, my boyfriend and I are, we are going to see... Like a French erotic f- thriller, so I guess we're doing a very Valentine's activity, but it's 
partly because it's just happening on that day, you know? Yeah. So it, we're not like, we must do a Valentine's date. Like, I work till 8 p.m., then we'll go see a movie, and we don't go on actual dates very often, so that's nice. But, yeah, it's funny. In the past, I think I would, when I was in a relationship during Valentine's Day, I was like, oh, I'm never in a relationship <laughs> during Valentine's. Like, like not like, let's like do something crazy, but like, let's use it as an excuse. And now I'm just like, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, l- like last year was like the, maybe the first year of my entire life that I was that I was in a relationship during Valentine's Day and that was like a big deal and I felt like a lot of feelings. And this year, it's the second year and I'm with the same person. Yeah. And, like I love the shit same. out of him. But like second you know, year, same person. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, he's I think, he's I, my boo. Like I, think, I get it. I think there's a healthy sign also when you don't need to. Yeah. Like and I think I mean I do think also in some ways, like if we we stay together a long time, I think there's something nice about giving like kind of being like no we're gonna celebrate this yeah but i think it's also nice when you don't have to yeah (laughs) yeah Um, so yeah so whether whatever your version of valentine's day is or not valentine's day um we hope that you are treating yourself well this week yeah um next week we'll be back with something else that's horrible and fantastic yeah to talk about yes we will to be announced to be announced tweet at us if you have strong opinions Positive ones are welcome, too. Yes, also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye, guys. Bye.